sent out unto him their disciples with the Herodians, saying, Master, we know that thou art true, and teachest the way of God in truth. Neither carest thou for any man, for thou regardest not the person of men. Regardless of who these people were, or how sincere or insincere they were, their statement is correct when they said here that we know that thou art true and teachest the way of God in truth. I'm turning also to John chapter 3. This began to be a very prevalent train of thought among the people where Jesus had been walking, teaching, and eventually would give his life on the cross. In John chapter 3, there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. The same came to Jesus by night and said unto him, Rabbi, we know that thou art a teacher come from God. For no man can do these miracles that thou doest except God be with him. 
Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus saith unto him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Marvel not that I say unto thee, you must be born again. Everybody said praise the Lord. Once again, we know that thou art a teacher come from God. Everybody said praise the Lord. A teacher who tells you the truth. That's what you want. You may be seated. The Lord bless you. Mark 12 and 14 reiterated what Matthew said. And again, that thou bring, you bring the truth. You speak the truth. You give us the words of truth. There are many, and of course one writer said, I even tell you weeping, there are many that uh, bring lies bring falsehood. They bring their own ideas and their own thinking, their own tradition. And for you to get an, a knowledge and an understanding in your mind and in your heart that there is a truth. Daniel recorded it as the truth of the scripture. That's what the angel said that he'd come to give to him, the truth of the scriptures. That which was contained in the word of God but you can read the Word of God, and it's like reading in the dark unless the Lord shines the light on it, unless the Lord gives you the revelation, gives you the insight to it. He opens your understanding to the Scriptures. Remember, the Bible said that there were five foolish and there were five wise. And the foolish and the wise did have some things in common because they, they both had light. That's what your scripture said. They had the lamp and the light. And they each had vessels because we're the vessel. But the difference was that the foolish had no oil, which is a type of the Holy Ghost. They had procrastinated, put off, or just plain old unbelief. They were not believing. How many people will tell you that the Holy Ghost is not necessary, that the Holy Ghost is just uh, added, extra added attraction, but you don't have to have the Holy Ghost. There are people that will tell you also that you don't have to be baptized, that it is not a part of salvation. There are people that will tell you words that are not true. There are people that will bring lies to you. They will feel like they're telling you the right thing. But their spirit is not true. People came to Jesus and they recognized that he had the spirit of truth. Matter of fact, Jesus foretold in his teachings, John chapter 14, 15, and 16, he spoke to them and taught them about the spirit of truth. He also told them, it is recorded in John chapter 8, he said, you shall know the truth, and the truth shall 
make you free. This truth that the writer said in Proverbs, the wise man, he said, buy this truth. He was not talking about, again, the natural realm. He was not saying that you should get your wallet out of your pocketbook or money out of your pocket somewhere and or your wallet, fish it out of the back of your pants and start ripping out money here and laying it down. No, that's not what he was saying. Once again, it is imperative, it is important that you think spiritually, that you start training your mind or asking God to train your mind as he opens your understanding to the Word of God, that you will think spiritually, that you will recognize that John 4 and 24, God is a spirit. And so Romans chapter 8 gives you a big uh, contrast from chapter 7, which is all about the flesh. Now, when you would do good, you find that there's something evil present there that's going to hinder you from doing the good and from doing the right and doing the spiritual. And all of the things that he taught you, that in the flesh dwells no good thing. But when you come to the 8th chapter and his teaching there, he begins to teach you about the spiritual, the difference between that and the carnal, that the carnal natural mind is actually the enemy of God, but that if you get the spiritual mind, then you have life and you have peace. The carnal mind is going to bring death to you, and not just in the present state, but it's going to mean eternal death. It's one thing for you to experience a physical death, and everybody will, but there's also that death that comes from sin. Sin is a killer, and it separates us from God, and it brings to us that kind of death. But there is also an eternal death where you're eternally cut off from God as opposed to getting away from the carnal, getting away from the things that are death and getting the things that are life and peace, getting the things that are spiritual, getting the things that are of the Lord or of God. We know that thou art a teacher come from God. The things that you're bringing to us are of God. They're of the Spirit, in other words, because God is a Spirit. He's not an old man hobbling around, okay? He's not uh, having to fight off the ravages of old and advanced age. No, God is a Spirit, okay? And God is everywhere, and He knows everything. His eyes are running to and fro. He sees everything. And he's looking for some hearts that want truth. They want the truth to be deposited into their heart. You want to get your heart's bank account uh, open to where it can be filled with truth. You want to buy the truth, but you're going to buy it not with money, but you're going to purchase it with faith, faith in God, faith in His Word, faith in His power, faith in the truth that's contained within the Scriptures. Everybody said, praise the Lord. I came rather close this morning to telling the individual who is at the radio station when we preach there each Sunday morning, and I came pretty close to telling him that he's going to have an awful lot to answer for. Because every Sunday morning for 15 minutes, he's right just to, not as far as Sixth Corinthians is from, not as far as Altez is from, closer than that. 
and I am preaching the truth of the Scripture. And he sits there with his back to me, but his ears are wide open. And he's going to have to give an account for all of that truth that has been brought to him within his hearing and that he rejects and that he gets mad about and no doubt gets very convicted over. But you see, people who are not involved with a love of the truth, you've read that in the Scripture. It said, because they received not the love of the truth. That's right in Thessalonians. You want to believe the Word of God. Second Thessalonians said there were consequences because they received not the love of the truth that God Himself would send a strong delusion their way, a, a strong lie would come their way that they would believe what's not right because they didn't refuse to believe what was right. But thank God for those that the Bible said they obey from their heart that form of doctrine which is delivered unto them. That truth that is brought to them. That word of truth that is brought to them. That proper subject matter and light or revelation that gives to you the mind of God on each and every subject and most especially that which deals and pertains with salvation. Everybody said praise the Lord. Now if there's something inside of you that rises up and you don't like when I tell you that there's one God. And you don't like when I tell you that there's one truth for everybody. And you don't like it that uh, you get the feeling that everybody's okay. Then you've got something wrong inside of you. And you better get it straight with God. You better understand that He came in the flesh. He who is life. The word of life. The word of truth. He said I am the way, the truth and the life that he came in the flesh. The invisible showed himself visibly and that visible manifestation, the flesh after his ministry, he gave that flesh on the cross. He didn't do some little job. He did the ultimate job and you better respect that. You better know he fought the devil. He fought every spirit in hell and the church that he gave birth to in Acts chapter 2 has fought against all spirits to bring to you this the truth. Amen. Amen. People lived in dens and mountains and caves. People, women, received their dead raised to life again. And they saw others sawn asunder, cut right in half. And it wasn't no magic trick neither. It was the real thing. And uh, the Bible teaches you that the world was not worthy of them, yet they stood for the truth that God was giving to them in shadow and in type. But the book said, as great as they were, and as much as they were revered and respected and used of God, yet they were not complete without us. You hear me? It took this church, it took all the shadows and types would be incomplete until he, the truth, came in the flesh and began to go about and bring this message, this truth. Teacher, we know you're come from God. We know you're speaking the words of truth. We know you're bringing the, the way, the truth, and the life to us. And everybody said amen. And everybody said praise the Lord. I want to read to you from the book of Romans for a moment. Romans chapter 1. If you don't think that there are 
there are spirits. Some people shy from truth. Some people hide from the truth. They don't want the truth to be made known. They don't want it to be made manifest or revealed. And that tells you that, the Bible tells you that those are people who love darkness rather than light. They don't want anything to be, because the light makes things manifest. The light is going to, your, your mind is going to become enlightened. The eyes of your understanding, the scripture teaches, are going to be open that you might no longer have blindness and that the darkness will be done away with and that things that you may have read or things that you may have heard and did not register, uh, now they do. Now I, have, I had a man one day and gave him quite a Bible study for a long time going to pray for somebody in the hospital and on the phone and just chapter and verse, chapter and verse, chapter and verse. And I told him in the final announcement, I said, listen, you go home tonight and you get down on your knees and you open your Bible right on your bed and right in inches from your face, you read Acts 2.38 and you ask God to open your understanding to that chapter and that verse. Quit talking to me about this and that and the other. You get right down to good old chapter and verse and put your finger on it and you read it and you better remember that God means just what he says and that he said you must be born again of water and of the spirit. It is essential. It's got to be. There is Jesus said you try to go some other way except through this, through me, the truth and the door. He said then you're going to classify yourself as a thief and as a robber. It's not God wanting to make you a thief and a robber. God's wanting to give you truth. God's wanting to open your understanding. God's wanting you to go to heaven. You need to see this correctly and you need to value this above your own tradition. Romans 1 and 25, if you don't think there's, if you think that there's not an opposition, well, listen to Romans 1 and 25. Who changed the truth of God into a lie? You don't think the enemy's out there working? You don't think he's out there telling people all you have to do is, is shake a hand? All you have to do is sign a little card that somebody wrote a little, their idea of a little prayer on it, put a few little flowery words together? Maybe they worked for Hallmark one time. I don't know. But here we have it. They put together a few little poetic things, things that the natural mind just gets all swoony over. Oh, you know? Oh, brother, the devil doesn't get casted out by, oh, all right? Going to take divine authority to get that lying devil out of your mind, your heart. It's going to take the Holy Ghost and fire to cast out that devil that brings cancer into your life and all kinds of other problems. Hear me when I tell you, and cancer is a small thing in comparison to winding up in that place called hell because that's for eternity. You better hear me when I'm telling you it's not to fear this life. It's not to fear what anybody can do to you. What about my mama? What about my grandma? What about my friend? We had a young man who was about to get baptized in Lake Placid, and at the last second he said, well, I, I, I better go. He's he, 20-something years old. He said, I, I, I better go check with my, my mom and dad. My mom and dad. Well, you know, I'm, I'm not against respect, but when you run into tradition, when you run into that spirit of tradition that begins to tell somebody not to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ and yet holds a Bible and says that, then you better recognize that somebody is being deceived and and bringing deception to other people. You've got to stand up and you've got to, regardless of what mom or dad or aunt or uncle or double first cousin, you've got to obey God. You've got to obey the scripture. You've got to do what's right. 
you want to obey this truth. Verse 28 of Romans chapter 1, and even as they did not like, they didn't like it. They don't like that. Sounds like a bunch of spoiled kids, doesn't it? In the flesh. And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a reprobate mind. Man, that's a mind that cannot. It's, it's seared. It's done. It's over. It's ruined. It's unqualified. And it's incapable of having truth. It's so twisted. It's worse than that canal. It's got so many, um, what do you call them things? Tadpoles and wiggle worms and bacterias and everything else floating around in that mind. All kinds of twisted up things. And it said even because they did not like to retain God in their knowledge. God gave them over to a reprobate mind to do those things which are not convenient. Do you hear me when I tell you these, there's an attitude to go against? There are spirits. After all, the devil is the antichrist. He's against God. He's against the Christ. He's against the one who shed the blood and gave the flesh as a sacrifice, as the lamb of the spirit, as a body prepared to do that for you, to become the one that would offer up himself on the cross as that sacrifice. Hear me, the enemy hates his truth. He hates it, and he's going to infect as many people as he can with lies because he is the father of lies. He's where lies come from. Everybody said amen. Everybody said praise the Lord. Galatians chapter 3. You know, when Jesus came in the flesh, ask yourself if you read the Bible, ask yourself, did Jesus have struggle? Did people go against Jesus? Or did everybody, everybody just bow down and say, yes, you're the Christ, the Son of the living God. Whatever you tell us to do, we're going to do it. Meaning, what you say, we're going to have faith and we're going to believe it and we're going to act on it, okay? That's another thing. People want to uh, have a, uh, a fleshly, uh, human, natural definition for spiritual things. They want to tell you that believe means to shake a hand. They want to tell you that believe means to accept Christ as your personal Savior. Instructions that are not given in the Scripture. Uh, practices that were not uh, practiced by the original church and Jesus Christ himself being that chief cornerstone. These things are not in there yet. They have turned it into a big religion. They're doing just what happened when the people left, those that rose up from the original church and left it, and they didn't like to retain one God in their mind. They didn't like to retain the knowledge of, of Jesus Christ being the one God who came in the flesh. They didn't like to retain that you had to repent and you had to be baptized in Jesus' name and filled with the Holy Ghost. That is born again of water and of the Spirit. They didn't want that kind of knowledge and they fought that off and they went to Rome and they got with the emperor and they came up with their own religion. The emperor had his own private religion if you please and they told people oh well we're not going to baptize you by immersion that's too inconvenient because that guy comes in here with his real brand new slick suit on and we're not going to baptize him in full immersion oh we're just going to give him the dry cleaning method we're just going to sprinkle him a little bit we'll give him a little sprinkling here going to do the convenient thing for the what for the flesh the flesh always seeks the convenient thing that which doesn't Stir it up because the flesh is the enemy of God. And that's why.
Jesus teaches, you've got to crucify the flesh. You've got to render it dead and, and where it can't do anything, where it can't rise up, where you can get in the spirit. And the more you get away from that flesh, meaning the more you're getting away from darkness and death, then the, if you're heading in that right direction, then you're going to get more in the light and you're going to get further into the light of light. And everybody said, praise the Lord. Everybody said, hallelujah. So Jesus had much opposition. If he didn't have any opposition, then why did he get crucified? He had opposition. People were screaming, crucify him, crucify him. The, old, the, the ruler of that time is standing there and saying, well, I've examined him. I looked behind his ears. I looked down at his ears. I shone that little light, and I looked down at him. I couldn't find anything, uh, any dirt or any wax or any anything blocking anything here. I've been checking this dude out. You ever read in the Old Testament when they brought a, a sacrifice uh, to the Lord, like a lamb, that it was the priest's job to examine that sacrifice. He had to check everything. There wasn't to be any blemish. Okay, so <laughs> he is the Lamb of God, and old Mr. Herod and Mr. Pilate, they've been checking him out. And they came to the same conclusion. We find no fault in him. We'll turn him loose. It's a feast day, and the law is that we can turn somebody loose, so we're going to give him amnesty. We're going to turn him loose today. And they were riddled with people. What did I tell you uh, uh, Jude said? That certain men crept in unawares. They had a bunch of creeps among them, and they were creeping among everybody, and they was telling them, and the Bible called them certain lewd men of baser sort. Okay? Means that they were just troublemakers. They were people who gossiped. They were people who got in among them and began to talk and try to get everybody riled up and stirred up and say things that were uh, not in any way edifying or encouraging or helpful. You know? And they just got to running their mouths and they got the crowd to chanting and they overrode the ruler as he said, I'll give you Jesus, the king here. You can have him. We'll set him free. And they screamed and cried, crucify him. Give us Barabbas. And how many people would rather have their murderous religion than they would rather have the life of God's salvation? You better make up your mind that I want the truth. I want the pattern of the truth. I want the light of the truth. I don't want this thing that's going to make me a reprobate, that's going to make me where I don't like the feeling that I, that's associated with truth. Truth will dig you up. Truth will step on your toes. Truth will make you feel the ruffling of the feathers and the rocking of the boat. Truth comes to stir up your mind and try to get a hold of some righteousness. Give you the right thing. The right thing. Amen. Everybody said praise the Lord. Everybody said hallelujah. Galatians. Now, why we have Romans and from there to Revelation is because Jesus, after he died on the cross, he gave birth, or in other words, he started his church. That's the only church or congregation that anybody should really be interested in. Forget what man has come up with. As I told you, they split out, and they had their own, the Bible said in Acts they prophesied of it, and they said there would be certain men of your own selves, and they were going to cause a split. They were gonna, they were gonna, and they're gonna feel so justified about all of it, and and claim God is in it. God told me to do this. You know, God's not gonna tell you to do things opposite His word. God is not gonna tell you to go contrary to biblical principles. All right. Uh, recently, was told about a, a young man that uh, wasn't too far away from a church, 
that preaches the truth and loves God. And he had, a, this young man had a, a, a work, and he'd been there a little while, and he had a, a small number of people. And, uh, but they, they contacted him, and they said, let us tell you how you can ethically steal people from the other church. Now there's a contradiction for you. How do you steal ethically? How do you do that? That can't be done. Can't be done. But you know, you can justify. You can rationalize. You can make somebody uh, convince. And, and that's what the enemy tries to do. He wants to give a whitewash. He wants to give something like the pizza parlor in the front. When he's hiding what's really going on in the back room. He doesn't want you to see the bad. It's just like a billboard, an advertising. They want to show you psychologically oriented uh, pictures and colors and words so that you'll think this is really cool. Think this is really good. Or you'll be some street urchin that lives in, uh, in, in South America, uh, in Brazil or some other country, and that uh, all the little kids that don't have money for food to eat, they're throwaways. They're just sent out and they live on the streets and they huddle up in different places. And, and they, uh, they have no money. They have, they're, they're, their clothes are not really clothes. They're rags and they're in tatters. And this is factual. And they, uh, many of them are sick and um, they, they, they don't have food, proper food and dietary and they're, they're in bad shape. Little, little, little kids, you know, five and six and eight and 10 and 12 years old and, and here they are. But they all have a pack of Mobos. They got those Marlboros. They got them. Oh, they all got them. They'll have that when they don't have anything else because the billboard shows them a picture. And they have got it in their mind now from the billboard and from the psychologically oriented billboard that has they've gotten sold on that, that if I could just do like that, I'm going to be somebody. I'm going to have something if I could just be like that. The devil wants people to believe that if they just have religion, if they could just dress it up, if they could just do things and they do it in the flesh, they, they, they have a way in the flesh of selling you on religion and making you believe that when you have that, that you're really cool, you're really there, you're really saved. When in reality, what their religion is peddling is terrible for you bad for you, and it's not just going to kill you in this life, but more importantly, it's going to damn you to hell for all of eternity in the world to come. You've got to wake up to the reality. Oh, I don't like that because you hurt people's feelings. I'm out to hurt people's feelings. I want to hurt your fleshly feelings. I want to waken up what's dead in you, and that is your spiritual feelings. I want to pump some life in that. I want you to want the truth. I want you to love the truth. I want you to buy the truth. And you don't buy it with money, you buy it with your faith, and God has given you that seed faith. He has placed it in your heart, and you need to use what God has given you for what he's given it to you for. Don't you think you're going to get to stand before God and say, well, my pockets were empty, I didn't have any. He gave you faith. And you don't want to put that faith somewhere else. You want to put it in God. Put it in the truth. So we got to Romans through through Revelation because Jesus gave birth to his church. And his church began to go forth everywhere to everybody. And in going forth everywhere to everybody, 
in less than one century, 100 years, this truth, this Acts 2.38, John 3.5 truth had been preached to everybody everywhere. And everybody said praise the Lord in the whole known world at that time. And in so doing, the church in reaching out went to different cities, okay? And in going to different cities and different places, the church began to win people or catch fish, if you please. And as they begin to win people, then they begin to establish churches or congregations in these different areas like Rome or like a town called Galatia and other places that you read in the book of uh, the Bible, in the New Testament. You read them. After the book of Acts, you begin to read about these places. Revelation will introduce you to the seven churches in Asia. Okay, so they were in the continent of Asia in different localities. There were places like Thyatira, Philadelphia, different places, okay? And these were congregations. These were people just like you who came out of darkness and came into the marvelous light. These were people who bought the truth. They took their faith. You remember the little woman that took the, the box of alabaster and it was in a box that could not be opened. It wasn't a screw top. It wasn't a pop top. It wasn't any kind of a sealed thing that you could open. Not at all. This box was all one piece. And it, the only way to get the contents in the box was to break the box open. Okay? And Jesus brought that to, I mean, the woman, the girl, the woman, the young woman brought that to Jesus, and she brought it there to anoint him, he said later, for his burying. She brought the most precious thing that she owned in the natural, and that was this box of alabaster. The sweet smell of that perfume filled the place when she broke it open. There was no going back. There was no saving anything. There was no reservation. It was, I, there was no saying, well, I'll live for you if I can still go do this. Or I'll live for you if I can still hang out over here with these people. You know. There wasn't any of that. It was 100% commitment. You heard about the, the, the chicken and the, and the pig, right? And the chicken wanted breakfast and so he was kept going on about, I want breakfast, I'm hungry, I want breakfast. And so the ham said, uh, the pig, the, the what's-his-face, the pig, who's the ham, he said, uh, he said, well, for you, he said, that's, that's just giving a couple eggs. He said, but for me, he said, that's 100% commitment. <laughs> ain't no reservation, ain't no holding back, ain't no 99.9, .9. this is 100% here. <laughs> so you might want to point out something here, okay? And that's, this woman came, she knew this isn't no 99.9. .9. This is better than Maxwell House, good to the last drop, and it's going to the last drop. Every bit of it is going. I don't drink Maxwell, so don't worry about it. He's gonna, we're going to put this right where it belongs. It's for the master. Judas said, well, you could have taken that and give it to the poor. What a waste you did. What's going on here? And he, nothing but a thief, the Bible said. All he cared about was the money. He didn't have a burden for souls. All he wanted was recognition. <laughs> you know, Jesus knows the motivation. He knows the heart. He knows what's in there. That's why he had to tell one guy, he said, um, he had to give him a little lesson. He said, well, he said, let me ask you a question. He said, uh, this woman that you're condemning and that you're actually condemning me because you're saying that I'm involving myself with a woman here when in reality I'm not. He said, I'm just sitting here and she's showing me a courtesy and it's actually for my burial. And, and he said, but you're, you're sitting here and you've got a bad heart and a bad mind about this thing. And he said, so let me ask you a question. He said, uh, he said uh, if somebody comes and they owe you, shall we say, five, let's make it big, five million dollars. 
and and then somebody comes in and they owe you, let's really make it obvious, so owe you five dollars. He said, and 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 you forgive both of them of their debt. He said, which one's gonna love the most? Mm. Mm. I better ask him to get a little help. Gee, who's gonna love the most? Five million or five dollars? Who's gonna love the most? Oh, my hand's already up. Five million. Five million. Old Simon said, the one that you forgave the most to. And Jesus said, thou hast answered correctly. And he said, and you know what? Since I got in your house, he said, you have not washed my feet. He, in other words, he said, you have not given me the common, shown to me the common courtesy. Never mind going over the top here. He said, you haven't even get, gotten to first base. You haven't given me the common courtesies here. Okay. My dusty feet and sandals, you've done nothing about it. You, you, you've cared nothing to show me the blessings here of your home and your affection. Nothing has been shown from you. He said, but this woman, this woman came in, and he said, and, and she has absolutely taken her tears and used that as the water to get the dust off my feet. And she used her hair. And she rubbed that dirt off of it. Oh, yeah. Did all these things. He said, so you know what? He said, her sins, which are many, are forgiven. The five million is gone. That's how that's going to be. He said, because she loved much. And he said, you? Well, I think you're pretty much judging your own case right in your own mind right now. Oh, yeah. Jesus knew his heart. He knew his thoughts. And you better understand that he knows that right today, right now. Okay? And he's looking for a heart that is hungry for truth. That you don't want a teacher that gives you lies. And I can prove that through the scripture. Okay? Because the scripture said very plainly, <laughs> and I'm watching somebody come in with a phone and my mind is like going somewhere right now. Okay, everybody said praise the Lord. The scripture said very plainly that there would come a time, 2 Timothy, when they would turn their ears away from the truth and that they would be turned unto fables. They would be turned unto lies. They would rather desire what's false and what's wrong. They'd rather hear what they want to hear. They have itchy ears. You ever get a little itch down there? You know? Oh, yeah. Just got that itchy ear, so got to have it scratched. And so they would find somebody to tell them what they want to hear. Tell me that it's all right to mess around with the boys, and I'll go to your church. Tell me it's all right to lust after the girls, and I'll go to your church. Tell me I don't have to give any tithing and honor the Lord, and I'll go to your church. Oh, the devil has a lot of lies. And it doesn't matter to him that he tramples over the truth of the word of God. That's what he does. But God's looking for somebody that reads it, and when the light shines on it, oh, look at that. Wow! Look at that. And that they're not arguing back with their tradition and fueled by their pride and their natural, earthly, Connections, shall we say. 
relationships, shall we say. But it's you and it's God. And I'm here to make a full commitment. Doesn't matter what this is going to cost me. Here's my alabaster box. Here am I. How many times have you read in the Bible? Here am I, oh Lord. Here am I. Here am I. Here I am. I want to be broken. And the Bible said a broken and a contrite spirit. He will not despise. He will not look down on that and cast it away or out as nothing. But God holds that in great value when somebody comes to him and they have a heart that is broken and that is contrite. They're not about strutting like a peacock. They're not about pride. They're not about honor to the flesh. They're looking for the truth of the scriptures. And everybody said amen. Let's give God a big hand. Come on. So Jesus gave birth to his church. What he started. Never mind going back. You can if you want to study. That's okay. But go into your reference books. And you can find in history. You can find who started this denomination and that denomination. And what year or century it was started. You can look those things up and you can find that. But if you want to find what Jesus did, then you've got to go to the Bible. You've got to go right there and begin to read, particularly if you want to start with Matthew in the New Testament. Everything before that is shadows and types and previews to show you what was coming. It was a foreshowing, a foreshadowing, and everything was fulfilled in Jesus the Christ. You hear me? The law was fulfilled in Him. The law came to a stopping point, and we're stepping out of that rickshaw and that little horse and buggy, and we're fixing to get in a space shuttle here known as the New Testament, and Jesus said, I'm going to give birth to my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Everybody said amen. So the scripture, the scripture is teaching you. Jesus gives, the book of Acts is teaching to you. This is the church that Jesus started, its birth, and then that church in action. How they begin to go and find people and reach people. And how they were fought and opposed for the preaching the name of Jesus Christ. For bringing that name to people in water baptism. They were fought, and they were thrown in jail, and they were beaten, and many other such uh, Mandalays came their way. Uh, James, the brother of John, was, was taken, and one was uh, head cut off, and, and became a martyr for the Lord, and, and so many things that took place, but the church kept on going. The church kept on bringing the truth to people. And that's what the church is supposed to do. It's not supposed to bring you a lie. It's not supposed to invite you into its, its little country club atmosphere where we all get to pat each other on the back and do inside business behind closed doors. That's not what Jesus Christ's church is about. It's not about your fleshly gain. It's about a spiritual experience that's going to give you the kingdom of God that comes within you and get you ready for the first resurrection. And blessed and holy is he that hath part in that first resurrection. Everybody said amen. amen. And so the church that Jesus started has no amen at the end of the book of Acts because it's a continuation. The church continues on. For now, almost 2,000 years, depends on whose calendar you want to use, and we don't put and set much store by dates because dates are not reliable. Chapter and verse is reliable. But dates aren't real reliable. So I would just tell you that approximation of 33 A.D. He gave birth to the church. Approximately. Okay? And some will say approximate 
2,000 years down the road. Here we are. And it's the same church, the same message, the same truth, the same one God that brings this message to men and women everywhere. And everybody said hallelujah. Well, then they went, as I said, going into different areas, different cities, different regions, and you come to a place called Galatia. They met people. They preached to people. They baptized those people in the name of Jesus Christ. And they prayed for them and laid hands on them and those people received the gift of the Holy Ghost. And they begin to come together as a congregation, a local congregation. And they worshiped him. And they witnessed the people. And that's where Paul later on was inspired of the Spirit of the Lord as he was to other regions and other places like Philippi or Corinth and other places to give them messages, letters, epistles. They weren't just some little flowery letter, you hear me. They were messages by the Spirit that were sent to the elder or the pastor that was appointed in that city, in that region, and to give them divine insight and instruction now that you're in the church, now that you got into church by being baptized in Jesus' name and filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost, now that you're a part of the body of Christ, here, now that you're saved from sin, here's how you stay saved from sin. Now that people are looking at you and calling you a Christian, now you're going to learn how to stay in that mind frame and that mindset and that conversation will reflect that you are a son or a daughter of God. Nobody going to mistake you for a, a girl in the street when you got the Holy Ghost. Nobody going to make that mistake that you're some man on the street that's trafficking in the wrong things. Not at all. They're going to see you as Christ-like. I realize that that word has been greatly diluted and watered down. But the word of God hasn't been diluted. The word of God hasn't been watered down. And they were first called Christians at Antioch because people observed. And they reminded them of Jesus the Christ. So they called them Christians. There was the lifestyle, just like a guy going bombing down here in a 1800cc hog. You'd say, oh, there goes a biker, you know got the black leather jacket on and he's got the red bandana, you know, and all that jazz and stuff on the back of his leather jacket and his boots. You don't have any problem realizing, there goes a biker. Okay, there goes a biker. That's what it screams. He wants that to scream that to you. When he draws his goatee and puts knots in it all the way down, he wants you to scream, that's a biker. Okay? That's, that's what he wants. Well, we don't want to hear that. We want to hear, I'm a Christian. I want somebody to say, that's a true Christian. That's somebody that's really got God. That's somebody that's really overcoming. And I know that when I see that. I know that by how they speak. I know that by how they act. I know that by where they do not go and what they will not partake in. Everybody said hallelujah. Well, the, the congregation or the church in Galatia had gotten involved with the Spirit. A spirit had got a hold of them, a hold of their thinking. That old serpent up to his same old tricks. You've read about him. He called him that, that old serpent. And all he did was start with the same old tricks that he'd been using from the garden. And even before, when he was able to convince one-third of the heavenly host to follow him, and out of heaven they went. Now, you would tell me right here, you would say, if, if Jesus was right here, I would walk with him, I would live with him, I would do exactly what he said if he told me to stand on my head and twirl around three times and gargle peanut butter to be saved. I'd do it! You know? Well, Jesus is here. And that's where your faith comes in. Okay? He's here just as much as he was in the days of his flesh. 
Only now the Bible teaches that the heavens retain him, that glorified body, until the restitution of all things, Acts 3.21. You want to tell yourself his spirit, that's what he put in the church age. At the time period in which we are living, he gave his spirit. He said, I will not leave you comfortless. He said, I will come unto you. The spirit of truth to lead you and to guide you and to bring to you into all truth. That's what I'm going to do for you. Okay? And so that's what he poured out in Acts chapter 2 for the first time for whosoever will. He poured out the gift of the Holy Ghost. And as I said, they begin to do the work of the Lord. And here they are in a place called Galatian. They've got a congregation going. And they get hit by a spirit. And they begin to want to, as the devil always will want to, get you to go backwards, to get you to you become contrary and to question everything and, and, to, and to be going in a, in a carnal way instead of a spiritual way. In other words, he doesn't want you to walk in the light. He doesn't want you to continue in what God has given you. And it is imperative that you continue. Okay? You don't, you don't walk a few steps in this and then stop. That's, that's your seed by the wayside or upon the stony ground or even among the thorns. That's not what you want. You want to be that good ground, that in an honest and a good heart, you begin to produce the fruit 30, 60, and 100-fold, the Scripture teaches. They begin to stumble. They, like, uh, what did it say? Putting your hand to the plow and looking back. And they begin to look back. They were looking back at tradition. They were looking back at the law. But Christ had become the end of the law to them that believed in him. The scripture teaches that the law was a schoolmaster. And it was to bring us to something. And that was to Jesus, to Christ. It served its purpose. If there was a righteousness contained in the law, well, it was. And it was good. But it was only for a certain period of time. And that's when the Lord said, uh, well, we're going to have a little reformation. Now, you know, people want to call when, when, the, when those who rose up according to prophecy and they left the original teachings of Jesus Christ, they left that body of believers and they went to Rome and they got with the emperor and they formed their own religion, that that is when uh, coming out of them, once that spirit got going to make a split, then it wasn't too long, and here comes another guy, and he splits from them in Rome, and he nails his thing to the door, 101 things why. He doesn't believe what they're doing. Well, he's probably right about the 101 things he put up there because it was more than 100 things that they were doing wrong because the first order of business, they left the Word of God. And they not only left the Word of God, but then they took the Word of God and they, they uh, confiscated it and hid it away in buildings called monasteries, and that plunged everybody into what's known as the Dark Ages. Okay? Because they took the light. They took the word. Why did they do that? Because they didn't want anybody to be reading what it was saying. Because what it was saying wasn't what they were doing. And it wasn't what they were saying. And these folks in Galatia, they wanted to go backwards. They wanted to go back. Moses, Moses, Moses. Well, the Bible said that the law came by Moses. That's right. But it tells you that grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. Moses died where he died and how he died because... He represented the law. He couldn't go into Canaan land. Oh, he was bad. He was bad. He was bad. He didn't get to go to Canaan land because he smote the rock twice. Bad boy, Moses. Right. You think so, huh? No. He represented the law. The law, he couldn't go any further because that's all that Moses represented. And these folks were wanting to go back to Moses. They were wanting to go back to the law. Well, whatever it is you want to go back to, it's not right. And that's what he said. Oh, foolish. Galatians, who hath bewitched you? 
What kind of spirit's gotten a hold of you here? He said that you should not obey the truth. You've been given the truth here, you foolish Galatians. You, you need to realize what is coming your way, that it's a, it's a teaching of truth. Thou art a teacher come from God, teaching you the truth, not caring for respect of person. Well, I'm only going to tell the truth to people, and there are lots of people like this. I'm only going to teach the truth to people who have lots of money. You have to drive a certain vehicle. You know how some of them girls are, don't pick me up, buddy, unless you got a Ferrari. Don't you step to me unless you got a Maserati. You know? There are people like that. Well, what she's supposed to be saying is don't step to me if you don't have the Holy Ghost. That's what you better say. Don't come my way. Don't think you're going near that young lady that goes to this church unless you've got the Holy Ghost and you're in the Spirit. You're living for God. You're going to carry a big bundle of flesh around with you. You ain't going to get anywhere with us. We're going to help you crucify that flesh. You got to get that stuff under your feet. That's why we baptize you in Jesus' name to bury that flesh. They get buried with Jesus, buried with Christ. We're burying that. It's a death and a burial. We're going to bury that old nature. But it's so much easier. It's so much easier. And can you just, just shake my hand? Yeah, you're all right now, man. And he walks away and he's like, man, I'm the same old Tom. What good does that do? I actually had a man. Uh, I was um, up in a long, long time. It's been a good number of years ago. And I stopped in a, in a state, uh, Tennessee, and we had a few days, like four days off. And we I went to talk to this guy. Uh, we needed to rent a little something. Actually, I think it was a little vehicle. And um, I went there because was, I was up in the mountain. You can't just go in any vehicle. You've got to have one of them four-wheel deals. And I didn't have anything but a bicycle. <laughs> I don't know what I had, but it wouldn't go up there. So I went to rent this little vehicle. And I got to talking to the guy, as we will do. And I began to witness to him. And he said, oh, he said, you know, I've been to that, uh, you know, revival thing. They invited me to revival. He said, I went. I said, oh, you did, huh? He said, yep. He said, I went. When everybody went up in front, they told you to come up. He said, I went up. He said, and they told me I was saved. He said, but you know what? He said, ain't nothing changed. He said, I'm the same old me. This is him telling me this and him not knowing I'm a preacher. <laughs> it's just something about confession that comes out when the preacher's there. <laughs> and he just starts telling me. He said, yeah, he said, I still drink. He said, I, I still smoke. He said, I still do lots of bad things. He said, but they told me I was saved, so I don't know. I know. Let me tell you. Let me tell you. Let me show you. Let me give you chapter and verse. You can read it for yourself. If in reading it, you'll be honest enough to believe it. If you'll just pull that little vault open and pull out that good faith God's given you and say, plunk it down as a deposit and say, I'm going to believe. I'm going to buy that. I'm buying that. Don't be buying P.T. Barnum stuff. You know what he said. He was such a great salesman because he said there was a sucker born every day. You don't have to be that. You don't have to be that gullible person. You don't have to be that person that's swayed only by friends and crowd, you know, and family and things of that nature. You want a family, you get in the body of Christ. You're going to have a family of truth. You're going to have a family that, that is going to go to the right place with you and help you in each and every foolish, foolish Galatians. 
He said, who hath bewitched? What kind of spirit are you entertaining that you should not obey the truth? Something's wrong. You better understand that the only one that really doesn't want you to have the truth is the, that old serpent, the devil himself. And that's why he has sent forth all of his other little imps throughout the earth. And why he has brought out so many evil inventions. And why he has put so many things in people's hearts in an attempt to get them to go in different directions and to cloud their minds and put in what it talked about, that dark and cloudy day. It also talked about that dark and gross darkness that would cover the land and the people. The enemy wants to absolutely shut out the light in your life. He doesn't want you to begin to even see just the beginnings of the light. But I'm going to tell you what, the darker it is, the more just a little bit of light will shine the brighter it will be. And there's a whole lot more than just a little bit of God's light. There's a whole lot of light. The Apostle Paul said it was brighter than the midday or the noon sun. And he said, and that light was so bright, I couldn't see anything else. It got my attention. There must become in your mind a love for the truth, a love for what God says is right. You got people out there want to tell you there's three gods. You know, when your Bible from Genesis to Revelation is telling you there's one God. Why can't we just believe it like it says it? Well, where'd they get those terms from? And They got it mostly from that place in Rome where they all got together and had their meeting and began to say, these people that are believing and teaching one God and preaching the name of Jesus Christ, he said, what are we going to do about them? Well, we're going to tell them there's three gods. We're going to call it a trinity. And we're going to tell them that there's three persons in that one God. And that they're co-equal. And that they're distinct and separate. Yet they're all one. That's what we're going to tell them. So somebody piped up and said, and that's, none of that's in the Bible. Well, we'll tell them it's a mystery. And that's what they've been doing for all these centuries. That's what they've been lying to people. If you don't believe in one God, then you're not going to believe in his one name that's above every name. That's where your battle's going to come in at. Because you're going to look at titles. I don't have any problem with titles. He's the Alpha. He's the Omega. Who am I talking about? No problem with that, right? Right. He's altogether lovely. Jesus. He's the righteous prince. Jesus. He's the healer. Jesus. So many things. No problem with those titles. But why do, why do people have a problem when you say he's the Father, he's the Son, and he's the Holy Ghost? Why do you have a problem with that? I'm a father, I'm a son, and I'm a pastor. There's only one of me. You see more right now? Polish your glasses. Or go get an exam. Okay? Or let me pray for you because, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm over 21 and I don't need glasses yet. The doctor told me I was doing good. The insurance person told me, you are a healthy man. Well, that's because I got a good, healthy dose of the Holy Ghost. That's all the people need is a good dose of the Holy Ghost. And everybody, amen, said amen. Come on. And right now, I think I need to quit a little late. All right. I have many scriptures, but I'm not going to get to them. But Galatians were foolish, and the Apostle Paul made it clear in the first chapter because they were beginning to move away from the truth, from the gospel, the death, the burial, the resurrection penance, water baptism in Jesus' name, receiving the gift of the Holy Ghost. 
They begin to move away from what God was saying to what man was saying. Okay? And listen to what the Apostle Paul said. He said, I marvel that you are so soon removed from him that called you into the grace of Christ unto another gospel, which is not another. But there be some that trouble you. There's those creeps again. They crept in unawares, those creeps. You don't want no creeps around here. Okay, Louise? No creeps allowed. He said, but though we, or an angel, I saw an angel. Though we, or an angel, from heaven, preach any other gospel unto you, than that which we have preached unto you, let him be accursed. Is there anybody here that has doubts that the Apostle Paul preached repentance, preached water baptism in Jesus' name, and preached the gift of the Holy Ghost? Now, if you have any doubt about that, turn in your Bible, any time from this service on, turn in your Bible to Acts chapter 19 and read the first five verses. And that, if you believe the Bible, that should wipe away all doubt for you, if you believe the Bible, okay? That it, it means just what it says. And he's telling you here, this is what we preach. This is what the church preaches. This is what Jesus gave to the, us, the apostles, and we gave to everybody else and continue to give to everybody else. And he said, and, if, and I don't care who comes to you, be it a man or an angel or a woman or whatever, it calleth herself, whatever, said, you let them be accursed. You stay with the truth. You don't get moved away from the hope that is in the gospel, the hope of first resurrection, the hope of life eternal. Everybody said praise the Lord. Everybody said hallelujah. Let's stand together. Let's stand together. Let's take a moment, lift our hearts with our hands and begin to worship the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. We give you praise and we give you glory, Lord. And I give you thanks for all the things that you have done and are doing. Help us, O Christ of Calvary. I pray that you will help us. Keep us, O Lord, in these terrible times, troubling times. Keep us, O Lord, in these perilous times. Keep your children, Lord. Help us to believe this message. Help us to act on it. Help us to believe the Bible way. Come on, let's love him. You are Jehovah, yes, you are. Are. and I worship you. And I worship you. You are Jehovah, you are Jehovah. and I glorify you. And I glorify you. There is no other. There is no other. No other God like you. No other God like you. Your name. 